A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall, but I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will become one thing or all the other. Either the opponents of slavery will arrest the further spread of it and place it where the public mind shall rest in the belief that it is in the course of ultimate extinction, or its advocates will push it forward till it shall become lawful in all the states, old as well as new, north as well as south. Many of you who have been following me for a while know that Abraham Lincoln is my favorite president. I believe that the man steered us through one of the most difficult and, and most challenging times in our nation's history, a time where truly we could have gone one way or another. We would look completely different as a nation, I think, had Lincoln not been there to guide us through the Civil War. And sadly, I think that his demise um, stunted our growth as a nation. Uh, in his second term, I believe that uh, a more progressive president um, would have, would have uh, circumvented or the, the, the issues that we eventually had with Jim Crow laws and, and things of that nature that, again, stunted the ability of people of color to, to, to really make a life, to really pursue life, liberty, and property the way that it was always intended to. We regressed as a nation, unfortunately. But at least Lincoln, through his cunning, through his politicking, through his wisdom and patience, got us through that during those four years of the Civil War. And the United States after that was poised to be a powerhouse on the world stage because we were able to keep it together, for lack of a better term. The thing is that... I, I have to disagree with Mr. Lincoln. The Union hasn't dissolved, but we also haven't become one thing or become another. We continue to be an amalgam of different personalities, different religions, different languages, different people that cannot make up their mind about who we want to be. And we have clouded our mind so vastly with ideas coming from more, so many different places that we just cannot make heads of tail of the kind of nation that we ultimately want to be. The Democrats will blame the Republicans. The Republicans will blame the Democrats. The progressives will blame, you know, the, the far right. And the far right thinks that everybody is a snowflake. Men versus women. Cats versus dogs. We just cannot seem to pull it together. I thought that after 9-11 happened, that there was a chance, there was a glimmer of hope that, that we might be able to rally the troops. And for a while, we did. We were Americans. But that went by the wayside so quickly that even, I'll say, six months after the attack, we were back to our old habits. And unfortunately we have become so reactionary that nowadays there's really nothing that can happen that doesn't ultimately lead to a fight, nearly automatically. 
a shooting occurs, people are complaining on Twitter. The president says something silly, which is more common nowadays, people are complaining on, on Twitter. A uh, politician, you know, does the right thing, people are complaining on Twitter. A politician does the wrong thing, people are complaining on Twitter. The police is not sacrosanct. Oh shit, you just, you know, pissed off the, you know, the, the blue line. Uh, if somebody kneels at a game, they hate everybody in the military. The fact is that all sides have become reactionary and can be triggered so quickly and almost it seems like there is no sense of the bigger picture. We've lost that ability. As a nation, we, as a people, as individual people, many have forgotten that there is a much larger picture. The house is divided. And maybe that means that we have a very limited period of time now to figure ourselves out so that it doesn't fall. Or who knows? Perhaps it has to. Perhaps, like with anything else, you have to hit a rock bottom in order to pick yourself up again. I have this silly theory. I think I've talked about it before, but if I haven't, then I'm going to give it to you now. That tells me that, or or that, well, that says that the old... Kingdoms, the old empires, the Roman, the Greek, the whatever you, 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 all the old empires, that they used to last sometimes thousands of years, then they got to be hundreds of years, then in some cases it got to be decades, uh, and that we are exponentially decreasing the num, you know, the number of years that any one grouping can become an empire because of the amount of information that's out there. The Romans could. Uh, have a thousand-year empire because communication was controlled by a very small group of people uh, and land masses were so large that it was difficult for folks to get one word into the other. And yeah, maybe there were squabbles at the, at the small level, but you know, with brute force, these empires could corral uh, big swatches of land and make sure that everybody towed the line. The challenge that we live in now is that empires have to deal and grapple with the challenges of what the internet is. It is this opportunity for anybody, myself included, to get online, to get on the Twitter, to get on the Anchor, to create a podcast, to have a blog, and to transmit to the masses. And you're going to piss off some people, but then you're also going to get a whole lot of folks that are going to agree with you. In this back and forth, all of these conversations that seem like we live in Babel are doing exactly what, you know, I don't know the biblical story, but I know that somebody, you know, created all the different languages so that people wouldn't be able to communicate one another. And that's the reason why the tower wasn't built so well. I think it was God, wasn't it? I think God gave everybody languages so that... They wouldn't be able to build that tower so far up that he or she would be, a, you know, that would be able to reach him. Well, that's what we have now. We have a thousand languages 
we have a thousand voices, we have hundreds, if not millions, we have millions of voices out there saying their peace, and there is no unifying force. We are not a human race because we're not working together. We are a we are individuals shouting into the void and oftentimes not listening. And until we until we listen, until we hear each other out, until the want of hearing yourself of, of hearing yourself talk is outweighed by your willingness to hear somebody else and truly listen to what they have to say, we are going to continue to be a lost people. And I'm not just talking about the U.S., but I'm talking about the world. Because in all reality, what affects us now affects folks in China. What, if, what we do in the U.S. affects uh, folks in South America and vice versa. We are really that connected. I just read an article about in Myanmar uh, and how Facebook, I think it was Myanmar, how Facebook went in there and it has created all sorts of problems for, you know, for that, uh, for that community because it's been used as, it's been used as a tool for people to disseminate correct and incorrect information and, and, and it's created such a frothy frenzy that there's been riots that have, that, that have come off you know that have, that have happened in the country and that's because you have an entire nation of people who are you know battling out ideas and whenever the ideas become so overwhelming that they can't be dealt with on the page and they have to turn physical and, and, and we're losing it I'm not Joe Rogan talks about this it's not my original thought and I know that I've parroted it, it on, on my podcast several times over and the fact that yes we are living through this um adolescence uh, technological adolescence that if we and if we can't get our our handle on our communications we are we are in big trouble now is there hope yeah i think so i th- there's for all of the people that i follow or that i read about who are carping about one thing or another there's also a ton of other people that are putting out some amazing content enlightening content um outstanding blogs that have given me you know great insight of things one an example um i had never considered bisexuality not i'm not talking about the per, you know part a personal part of it i'm talking about the fact that you know i have lived in a world that's binary there's the, there's men there's women there's straight and gay and i and i, and I understand that that's all you know I've, 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 when you think of the world in black and in black and whites or ones and zeros, then yeah, there's two of it. But I believe that sexuality there's a spectrum, and so there's these folks online that I've been talking about bisexuality or 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 so you know or, or you know other modes of sexuality that are not easily identifiable, but they are all real. And the data that they're producing, the research that they're putting out there, it makes for some very interesting reading and. Again, I find it very enlightening. I don't know that I would have been able to find any of these arguments through conventional means, network news or, any, or, 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 or everyday magazines. Who reads a magazine? Right? Or there's sex workers that I follow on Twitter and we have communications back and forth and they have given me some insight of what it is that they do. 
scientists uh, from JPL or uh, or NASA who are sharing what is the, what are their findings and they're and they're putting it out there and they're making the very difficult or the very complex understandable to the everyday person like me, the lay the layman. And you pick a topic and there's somebody out there who's writing it and if you seek it out with the need to want to talk over them, it's incredible uh, the amount of valuable information that, that exists. But you got to get past all the other junk that's out there and try not to let the bad news get to you. But the, 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 I'll give you my tip. And if you haven't read 1984, George Orwell's 1984, I suggest you, you, you do it. And this is not a spoiler thing. But in, in the book, they describe what's called, I don't know, five minutes of hate, four minutes of hate. I, I, I forget. It's been a while. But the whole point is that during, those, you know, during that time, um, the citizenry uh, gets to stand in front of uh, telescreens. And they display and show them all of these images and all of these texts that are meant to elicit anger from them. That they're, and, and it's a way for them to exercise all of these bad feelings. And so they show you who their enemies are and bad things that are going on in, in society. And, and people get, get into a frothy frenzy and just yell at the screen and they go mad because they're showing you know, who, the, you know, who a bad person is. And everybody gets to share in a moment of hate together. That's what the internet had become for me at one point. Until I made a choice to temper that. So I started to delete a lot of accounts that ultimately I felt were toxic to me. And not because I want to put blinders on, but because I have to gauge the amount of vitriol that my body is comfortable taking in. See, I don't want to be mad just for the sake of being mad. There's plenty of things to be angry about, legitimately. So why look for more? I think that that's toxic. It can, it can actually affect your health. So I made a personal decision to put a stopgap to that. And also, if a particular account makes a turn and they tend to be more negative or, 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 or oversensitive or whatever you want to call it, I make a personal decision. This is not an account that I am no, lo that I am, uh, no longer feel comfortable following. And so they get deleted. I am a small fry when it comes to all things Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I don't have tens of millions of followers. Um, but, and so therefore, nobody has complained to me that, that, that they have been erased. But I know that I have tailored my online experience in such a way that I still get what I feel are the news of the day that are relevant to me, but the majority of accounts that I that are out there are actually feeding something good to my body. That they are making my experience online better rather than worse, and it makes all the difference. Because I can now turn on Twitter and say, um, yes, I'm going to see some junk out there and, it, and there's some news, some terrible, and I'm going to be doing some hand-wringing because there are a lot of shitty things that are going on in the world. But 
there will be a puppy video somewhere because I, I, I like to follow dogs. And that will brighten my day and it will make me happy. Or somebody will have posted, uh, on their own accord, post a sexy photo. Uh, and, and they want to share with it and they don't mind a comment right back that's both respectable but it's flirty. That's okay too. Or there's some new study that I think is interesting and, and somebody that I trust has shared and I'll read it because I'm one of those people that actually reads the, the link or that clicks on the links and reads the surveys. Or, I don't know, there, there is a new event going on in town or, or around the LA area where I live and thank goodness for, uh, thank goodness for Twitter because it's shown it to me and so now I will send a message to my other half and say, hey, what do we got going on on Sunday? Do you want to go check out the KPCC Open House, which is going on this Sunday, by the way? And you should totally check it out because KPCC is cool. Curate. Make decisions. You don't have to follow everybody. And if somebody is toxic to your life, it's okay to let them go. You don't know them in an explanation. And if they ask, uh, at that point... You choose how much you want to tell them. But, I'll, but it, it's so busy out there that I almost guarantee you they'll never notice that, you, that, that, that you've let them go. Finally, for me, I have to spend more time outside. That's a given now. Uh, Any time that I go outside my door, and I know that I'm lucky, and not everybody can do this, but every single time that I walk out, the, out my door... I have these gorgeous vistas of the mountains where I live. And sometimes when you've lived in a place for such a long time, you forget that they're there. And so they just they just become part of the background. But I make it a point, and I've been doing this for quite some time now, of taking stock on the most beautiful of days of just pausing. It takes seconds to take a look at outside and notice how beautiful it is where I live. And it's, it makes all the difference. We're living in challenging times, guys. And I want you guys to be as safe inside and outside as you can be. You have to actively protect your feelings. There's a lot of nastiness in the world. And you deserve, I truly mean this, you deserve to have more good in your heart than bad. You deserve to shed away the traumas that have afflicted you um, and create relationships with people that make you a better individual. Seek them out. Have a conversation. Hear what the other people have to say. If, if you do it the right way, you'll find that life is actually pretty darn cool, that we're living in good times in spite of what others will try to tell you. Peace.